0: Hi, my name is Rita Trotter, founder of The Health and Fitness Coach. Welcome to The Health Collective Podcast, where we talk everything body, business, balance and being for busy women looking to take control of their health, weight and body for good. Enjoy today's episode. Everybody, so welcome to today's episode of the Health Collective podcast. Fantastic to have you all here. Really, really wonderful to be joined today by Laura Sagan. So, Laura is the founder of thehairfuel.com. And probably by that name, you can guess that we are talking today about hair health and really looking at how we can balance our hormones and also use our mental health and nutrition to look at how we can increase both the growth and condition of our hair, as well as preventing hair loss, if that's something that you're suffering with. So, Laura's work is all about healthy hair growth, and she's uh, a developer of various different um, products and uh, masks and various things that can help you um, in that area. She was a sufferer of PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, I know that a lot of you suffer from that in terms of weight gain. Uh, That's something that I talk about a lot with my clients. Um, And it's a condition which also has hair thinning as one of its symptoms. And Laura actually lost about a third of her hair during uh, her suffering with PCOS. And so she developed her own framework to help herself as well as other people uh, really get to grips with um, their hair health in general. So first of all, a massive welcome to Laura. Thank you so much for being with us here today.
1: Thank you for such a warm and welcome introduction, Rita. I'm super excited to talk to you today and hopefully help more women on their journey to hair health or hair regrowth, share some of the insights that I've learned along the way as well, not only just regrowing my hair back years ago, but also in the process of actually having the hairfuel.com and helping many people along the way to regrow their hair whether to do the different conditions like menopause, like PCOS, like thyroid dysfunction, so all of them. So very much looking forward to that.
0: Fantastic. Well, first of all, I'd love to sort of hear from you about what happened when you were experiencing your own hair loss, because it's probably something that either women have suffered <laughs> from or have a very large fear Of suffering from it at some point. So how long was it from diagnosis of the PCOS to the hair loss and did it happen very swiftly? Was it more of an ongoing process? Could you maybe talk us through that part of your journey?
1: Sure so actually I was diagnosed with PCOS very early on so when I was 13 years old and um I was on the birth control medication very early on, since I was 14, up until the age of 26. So actually the hair loss occurred first as a result of really bad perm that was done. So like the hair just wouldn't wouldn't grow, and I could see that there was no growth whatsoever, and then I kept losing hair. But then what happened? So that obviously is unrelated to the PCOS. But what have what significant change has happened is when I stopped birth control, um, and then the changes in my in my hair started occurring. So hair thinning, and I became a lot more aware that of the symptoms behind it. Because of course, certain the type of birth control it was on, it was supplementing me with estrogen. And estrogen plays a huge, huge role in hair health. Um, so that's kind of like it's it has happened in stages. And my focus is all ever since I kind of started learning and finding out more about hormones especially artificial hormones and how it can meddle with your body's chemistry with your mood swings they can change you as a person entirely you know once you stop taking your hormonal meditation you medication you you change or when you start taking it you change but i've been a, a big proponent of all things as possible um, natural and nature-based and finding the, na- the answers in nature and within my own body so that's how I grew curious about well what are the different remedies available that can help me regrow my hair and actually by that time because of that bad experience with the hairdresser the having a horrible um, perm experience I already had developed my own formulation for the hair growth mask which has then years later became the hair fuel. Um, but what happened in my journey in PCOS when it became a lot more aware and attuned to my natural hormonal fluctuations is that I started developing more of a framework and approach to hair health as a holistic um, overview. So that's, uh, that's a bit of a background. So when our uh, customers and when our community members are sharing their stories about hair loss, It's something that really... Gets really close to my heart because I know what is it like to lose fistful of hair. I know what is it like to keep checking your scalp and seeing, you know, do I still have hair? And when I hear those stories from women sharing them, and it's 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 shared in a very delicate fashion because actually hair loss and hair thinning isn't something that widely talk about amongst women. It seems to be like a prerogative of men, you know, like hair loss that it must be for men. We get a lot of questions like, oh. Are you targeting men? It's like, no, our, our primary audience is women, precisely because it's not um it's not talked enough. And the way to look at it isn't just a quick fixes, Um, whether you're just using the, the hair fuel mask or you're taking supplements, it isn't just one thing. And I think this is something that your listeners and your community can resonate in you yourself is that a holistic approach so looking at your lifestyle looking at your and managing your stress levels in a holistic way not reaching out to a glass of wine to manage your stress level it's a quick fix but it does have long-term consequences so looking at hair health is something that we're very passionate about at the hair fuel
0: okay
1: (laughs) so you've
0: mentioned hormones and hormones is something that most women have a level of understanding about but on quite a superficial um sort of basis that you know it's it's not usually within most women's remit to spend their days digging deep into how their hormones are affecting things and you know we both look at that for very um specific reasons in terms of health and body and a lot of women listening to this who have maybe been pregnant will probably have experienced a type of hair loss, which is that holding onto hair during pregnancy. So during pregnancy, we will have thicker, really luscious, beautiful hair because we're not losing any of it. And then once the pregnancy is over and our hormones start to shift again, we've all experienced that pulling clumps out and that panic attack of, am I losing it? No, this is just a natural cycle of shedding the excess hair that didn't come out over the last nine months so with that in mind could you maybe give a little bit more of an insight into which hormones have an impact on hair growth or hair loss and some practical advice that maybe Mm -hmm. our listeners could uh, apply to their day-to-day to to help balance or shift their hormones um, for hair growth and hair health
1: so, there are, I would say, um, two groups of hormones that are responsible for hair loss and hair, or let's call it hair health. One is the thyroid related hormones. So um a lot more frequently, that women suffer from any uh, underactive thyroid, most commonly. And thyroid hormones, T3 and T4, namely are responsible for hair growth. So T3 and T4 hormones produced by your thyroid gland, um, they're actually responsible for slowing down the death of keratinocytes which are the cells responsible manufacturing your hair in your hair follicle but also t4 hormone is responsible for manufacturing those keratinocytes so if there is a malfunctioning in production of those hormones in your, th- in your thyroid um, that can lead to issues in your hair health so hair bl- britt- brittleness hair loss and hair thinniness some of the symptoms now this is more of a um, Let's call it permanent state of your hormonal landscape because your underactive or overactive thyroid is something that generally is a health condition that stays throughout the life. It may worsen in some periods and may uh, improve in some periods, especially in relation to lifestyle changes. Um, and then there is a, another part of a different uh, family of hormones, and that's namely estrogen, progesterone, and androgens. So this is something that we as women really need to become so closely and intimately familiar, because as on, on a monthly basis, our hormones fluctuate. So they, there is an increase in estrogen in the first part of our cycle, and there is a decrease of it in the second uh, lower levels of progesterone in the first part of the cycle and higher levels in the second one. And these, these fluctuations, they cause such a symphony of changes on a monthly basis and also specifically around um, periods of our lives where hormones tend to fluctuate. So not only in the menstrual cycle, but for example, perimenopausal and menopausal period during pregnancy, these are some of the significant changes and shifts in our hormonal landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, So like you mentioned in pregnancy, estrogen increases and actually estrogen is responsible responsible for elongating uh, the anagen stage, which is a growth stage of your hair follicle. Hair cycle normally works uh, in three stages. First one is growth stage called anagen between two to seven years. This is how long your hair follicle is actually growing. Then there is a catagen which it takes only takes about 10 to 14 days is when the hair detaches itself from the blood supply and blood supply plays a huge role in, in hair growth and hair health. Um, but in that period, 10 to 14 days, catagen stage, your hair detaches itself from the blood supply. And in the next three months, your hair, is in, your hair follicle is in a resting stage, which is called telogen stage, which, take, which takes about um, three months or 90 days. So this is how the hair growth cycle works. So estrogen, when it's highest in the first part of our period, maybe the impact on the antigen isn't as significant, but it becomes a lot more significant when uh, we're approaching menopause. So um, as the levels of estrogen start to fluctuate and gradually decline, what happens is that the, the growth stage of your hair follicle actually decreases in size, which means that your hair is growing, is basically growing for less time than it used to before. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Another point is androgens. So this is something that I personally quite familiar with because as a sufferer of PCOS, uh, women tend to have higher levels of um, of androgens in our blood, as well as when uh, women approaching menopause, the relative amount of androgens are increasing in blood. Now, what are androgens? Androgens are normally known as hormones as associated with with male characteristics. So things like beard growth, chest hair, of them are linked to androgens and some women can experience that around menopause as well but the Even though the androgens are responsible for making the hair thicker in certain parts of our body, they're actually responsible for thinning our hair on top of our head when it comes to scalp. And that is actually what male pattern hair loss is responsible, um, is resulting from, and also known as female pattern hair loss, which is also linked to androgens, but it occurs differently in women. Women normally see it as a diffused hair loss. So all over the scalp, there is all over the crown, this kind of like you can start seeing your own scalp so hair is thinning all over rather than specific areas and never really completely going bald but there is a a visibility of, of of scalp um, increases. So these are kind of the two key or ho- two key family of hormones. So one is thyroid, which also thyroid hormones get, they interact with our estrogen levels during menopause as well. So there is like I said a symphony of hormones in a female body that if you learn how to understand, you can really start working with your body and uh and grow healthy hair and be healthy and also be happy because all of them also are responsible for mood swings and uh, management of stress level and the way we feel every day.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I I always say to all of my clients, never beat yourself up. You're a woman. You go through a lot, right? Throughout our stages, (laughs) we go through so many different um, shifts and challenges in our body and our hormones. and. You're talking there about the two groups of hormones, and it's interesting that you talk about androgens as well, because it's something that I talk about a lot, and most women have never heard of them. They have no clue what they are or the effect that they have on their body. So it's interesting that it plays such a role in hair health as well. Now, there'll be a lot of women listening going, well, that's great, really awesome information, but how do I use it? Because especially when we're going through that perimenopause or menopause stage, a lot of women also experience other symptoms. So let's say fibroids. And fibroids are worsened by increases in estrogen, but it sounds like hair health is worsened by a decrease in estrogen. So how can people do things practically at home without sort of undergoing uh, hormonal treatments like HRT, how can people do things for themselves to help to balance those hormones whilst also dealing with the various other symptoms that hit us at this sort of perimenopausal stage?
1: So when it comes to understanding your hormones, one of the, the main thing to know is the, your current composition. So That's why we encourage people to do a blood panel check. So actually regulation of your hormones starts with the point of knowing where you're standing with them. So to understand what is the normal levels of hormones for you, what is the normal uh, level of hormones on average, what is the normal Mm -hmm. level of hormones for a person with whatever health condition that you have. So understanding all that and speaking to a health professional, to your GP about that. And sometimes it will require some difficult conversation and fighting. For extra checkups, because you know, um, many times I personally went to GP. I knew what was wrong, and I had to fight for it. So, kind of proving the point, because you are the best. Um, you are the best scientist of your own body. So, you know what's wrong on a very intuitive, and inherent level. So, sometimes you need to speak quite uh, confidently with your with your healthcare provider. Um, But when it comes to, so first it comes with the point of understanding. So what is the norm for you? What is the norm and average? And then start managing it. And then there comes a choice, of course, you can get um, certain medication prescribed. For example, if you have a thyroid um, issues, then maybe some medication to manage that. When it comes to managing the natural fluctuation of hormone, you can explore things, the start first and foremost from lifestyle factors. So things like when we say, we're often at the hair fuel we say well your hair health is your overall health you can't grow healthy hair if you're putting you know um, unhealthy food in your body you you are what you eat so if you're eating something that is high in sugar is high in trans fats and high saturated fats and you're using let's say any topical treatments whether it's been our mask or some other treatments You just can't grow the healthiest hair you can if you put the wrong fuel in your body. Mm -hmm. So the next time when you look at your plates and think about it, do I want to become it? And if the answer is yes, go ahead, eat it with joy. Um, But if your answer is like, maybe I don't want to become the plate of, you know, crisps and uh, maybe a little bit too much alcohol, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe high sugary snacks, then think again. So because actually, um, bl- high blood sugar levels, um, they' are linked to hair loss, and the reason being is because um, it increases the production of androgens in your body. So whether wherever you're at in in terms of your age and your hormonal landscape, reducing your sugar intake is one of the best things that that you can do. Another thing that I think a lot of your listeners are going to be already familiar is exercise and exercise is one of the best way to stress to manage your stress levels because actually for women, stress is one of the main factors in hair loss. So we're highly, we're a lot more sensitive to stress and how stress affects ourselves our bodies than than men so establishing certain rituals whether it's uh, being regular exercise find the exercise that excites you you know you don't have to go running if you hate running um you can find plenty of free coaching on online and also looking into tools like meditation and mindfulness A more recent studies actually shown that meditation helps managing the mood swings linked to menopausal symptoms. So exploring all that and approaching it holistically is a way to go.
0: Absolutely. And I think that applies to any aspects of health. You know, if you're listening to this and you're not experiencing hair loss yourself, but you're just looking to increase your physical and emotional health across the board, then everything that you just said is is highly applicable. Making sure that refined sugar is kept to a minimum, making sure that we're moving our bodies. You know, people have such a hang up about the word exercise, because it feels like a chore, feels like a task. But actually, it's not about exercising in that way. It's about moving in a way that brings us joy to regulate that stress. So you mentioned about you know, certain types of foods that can be very helpful in terms of hormone balance, but also in terms of that hair health. So you've said that processed sugar, probably no shocker to Mm -hmm. anyone listening, processed sugar, not great. Is there any type of food or particular um, nutritional products Mm -hmm. that you would suggest are uh, specifically beneficial for hair
1: health? Flaxseed. Definitely, flaxseed. flaxseed okay. Yes, flaxseed has been. Uh, there were a number of studies that had shown that flaxid actually was helpful in managing symptoms of higher androgens in women with PCOS. And it's uh, not that dissimilar from what's happening in our body during menopause. So flaxseed, so two tablespoons of flaxseed every day. You can also use flaxseed as a substitute for eggs in baking. If you're into baking, that's what I tend to do, um, adding it to your smoothies um, because uh, flaxseed contains lignans and those are mat- and those are responsible for balancing your estrogen levels. So they're highly, highly beneficial. It also high amount in fiber as well, and um, those foods they tend to regulate your blood sugar levels and increase the feelings of satiety. So you feel more full for longer when you consumed mm-hmm. some some lean seed or flaxseed um, on, on a daily basis. It's very easy to incorporate in, in your diet, but it's one of the best ways. Um, one of the easy, easy wins I would say when it comes to your hair health another thing to watch out for is caffeine because caffeine it's um not the so interestingly the caffeine that is applied topically is actually helpful because it is a dehydrotestosterone blocker and dht is a byproduct of uh, androgens so applying mm-hmm. caffeine on your scalp is helpful but drinking caffeine is not so excessive caffeine intake is something that you need to look out for and rather understand how to manage uh your energy in a more holistic way and i'm a A former caffeine addict. So I'm coming from the space. I know how hard it is, Mm -hmm. but it's a lot, a lot better to manage your uh, energy levels through distressing yourself, through meditation, through sleep. So sleep hygiene. Um, rather than relying on on, on caffeine. Also understand your, your, your individual nutritional requirements is also going to be dictated by any individual deficiency. So again, blood panel is incredibly important when it comes to hair health, is not just taking iron supplements because you think you might be iron deficient or oh, because women of your age are known to be iron deficient. No, understand what is your current the vitamin deficiency landscape and then take it from there, making sure that you are taking the nutrients also from the whole foods, Um, things especially like um, legumes. So lentils is one of the best, easy wins. They're rich in protein, they're rich in fiber, super easy to, to cook. It's literally easy. You just need 20 to 30 minutes to boil them and then you can add in some spices. And there you go. It's an easy win, easy lunch really tasty as well. Um so these are the kind of more holistic ways of looking at at your nutrition and also mm. being patient. So if you are struggling with hair growth and you're decided okay I'm going to I'm going to now be super holistic and I'm going to eat healthy, allow yourself some time, allow yourself 2 months and allow some room for mistakes and failures and you're not going to be eating clean every day. Don't put yourself under this pressure. It's unrealistic. Um, but staying mindful and holding the bigger goal in sight, um, that's the way to go.
0: Fantastic. Some really practical tips there. Lentils, legumes, flaxseed. Uh, these are all foods that are clearly brilliant for her health, but across the board are fantastic for health in general. Anything that's got that high protein Uh, High fiber is always going to be great for whether you're trying to sort your hair health and balance your body and, you know, increase your muscle mass. They're always fantastic. So thank you so much for those sort of little insights. And that kind of brings us to the end of today's show and a really interesting one, a topic that isn't talked about that often. in sort of the the gender uh, specific way that we are, you know, we've all seen those Rogaine adverts for, you know, grey hair back for men with a spray on can, but you never really see or hear about the topic discussed in terms of the female gender, as well as the more holistic way of helping ourselves. So On that last note, uh, for anyone that needs any sort of more information, as always, the details will be in the um, podcast uh, episode uh, link. So have a little look and use those details to reach out if you need any further help. But that just leaves me to say thank you so much to all of you um, at home for listening. And thank you so much to Laura for joining us today and sharing some of her fascinating insights.
1: Sure. Thank you so much for having me and um yeah, looking forward to see what kind of questions you might get as well.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode. And in the meantime, have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you need any more information, help or advice, or would like to book in a free discovery call to discuss your health, weight and body shape goals and the best way to get you there, Head to www.thehealthandfitnesscoach.com for more information and links to our social media. Or message us at plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine. Or email us at Rita, R I T A, at thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk. Thank you for listening, and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. In the meantime, Live, love and learn.